Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Sime Smoke Sessions. Today we are at the spot, which is most of you know my favorite hangout spot here in Niman. And today we are with a really close friend of mine who I've been hanging out with pretty much every goddamn day I've been here. And yeah, we are with Travis from Mendo today who is I mean pretty legendary. You're from fucking Mendo, bro. And yeah, I mean, we've had a lot of Thai people asking to get more of an outside look into situations and kind of Western advice and viewpoints and stuff. So I thought it'd be a smart idea to get the smartest person I know on the podcast. So welcome to the podcast, Travis. Thank you for having me. You're welcome, you shy piece of shit. <laughs> so I guess the first question I will ask you is, can you kind of take us back to your roots as a legacy grower and your whole family legacy situation over in Mendocino. I mean, a lot of people know, like we had the Indian guy over here the other day, Mendocino is pretty well known as one of the OG places for weed in the world. So yeah, tell us about what it was like growing up in a Mendocino and legacy growth community. Absolutely. So I actually grew up in a small town called Laytonville, which is kind of like in the heart of Mendocino County where a lot of these bigger people or well-known names are from you know kind of like the happy days farms the um mean gene jackson the swamis the all these big names are actually from my same area and my journey started basically i was born into it you know my parents were old farmers and this was just kind of like what we grew up around and so i so i'm very uh you know, well-versed in what it was in, in, in all sides, really, like the legal side and also the illegal side of when, you know, we had helicopters and stuff flying over us and things like that. Um, what inspired me to get into this industry over here was I saw the lack of, you know, good quality here and basically good representation of what good weed is. There was just a lack of education and, you know, and it happened in California too, where a lot of people got into this new industry and, or yeah, this new thriving industry. It was kind of like a green rush, but all the wrong people came for the wrong reasons. So my thoughts were like, I wanted to show cannabis the way that I was raised in, you know, and that is a very good community and good quality product where people can enjoy. So from that background, I mean, I know Mendocino is kind of very well known for the outdoor growing style. And I mean, you've kind of taught me and Jay, everyone knows Jay from Instagram, about organics and stuff. So could you tell us a little bit more about the organic growing method that you were kind of accustomed to? Absolutely. And really growing organic outdoors personally is the only way to grow. Only way to go and only way to grow. But... Yeah, I mean, it was never a thought to use anything other than organic material because it produced the most terpenes and just had the overall, you know, best weed. All the people that I know that are some of the, the masters, the real gurus, they've all been making their own teas, fertilizers, compost, and have been killing the game for generations, really. So what's your thought on the kind of weird salt and pgr hype that's kind of going on in the market right now i mean we've personally seen some i'm going to say it in a nice way diabolical <laughs> over here 
and there's so many people that are uneducated they're just consuming that shit and like who knows what they're taking into their bodies at the end of the day like some of the chemicals especially the time weight methods over here i've seen people with just like open bottles of ethanol in their farms and i'm like okay what the fuck's that for yeah. <laughs> these dark bottles of brown stuff that like unnamed yeah so like so how do you feel about all that shit like how do you kind of educate people on avoiding that kind of shit well first off just the uh, you know people that grow with salts that's that's fine um i believe that a lot of the salts that are grown here or the, the products that's grown with salts they're just not flushed enough it produces a fantastically amazing looking bud in the room and in the bag but personally i find from what i've seen here is that it lacks the terpene profile that the the strain really deserves to show off and pgrs i mean i think the synthetic pgrs are no go i mean it's not only bad for the environment but it's also bad for the consumer you know it can can cause a lot of damage and it's just they're they look like um these gmo steroid type buds and yeah they're they're dense as heck but they're just terrible and it seems every time you crack open a bud like that it's dust the trichomes aren't even sticky the terpene profiles aren't there when you grow organically you know you have a terpene profile that's really present and that makes up for the overall um, full spectrum of the the bud and the flower and really you don't need a high percentage thc bud for it to be a good weed you need a full terpene profile and and really you can have let's say a 16 to 22 23% thc bud with a full pro, uh, terpene profile and it's a fantastic bud so i believe that's the way to go and that's just my opinion i mean there's a lot of people out there that are farmers that aren't and consumers that just want to you know grow for volume and that's their stick but i i push the organics cuz that's the way i was raised and that's how the bud can fully be represented. I was going to say, it's definitely noticeable when you kind of experience the organic weed over here and then when you kind of, especially me from the UK, I'm very used to the indoor, definitely PGR, definitely salts used kind of fucking bud that has been made in either a rented farmhouse or some fucking council estate and they don't give a shit about if it's going to be fucking chemical fueled. They just want to sell it. So, you know, it's kind of noticeable when you come over here and experience good organic like especially outdoor the uk does not have a lot of outdoor you know <laughs> we're still very much locked down with terrible terrible legalization rules but also kind of like one question that i was been talking to a few people about recently is do you believe there is any kind of oversaturation going on over here with aspects of cannabis i mean like, I had someone who disagreed with me saying, like, though there's room for everyone to eat, and, like, you can say that, but then when you're going down to, like, Tape Gate, and there's, like, 15 dispensaries in walking distance, and everyone is having the same kind of weed, you know, I definitely believe there is an oversaturation. What's kind of your thoughts on that? I, I believe there is, and this is typical for any new market. Um, you know, California had the same sort of thing. 
Um, the only difference is in California, there's too much regulation to where it's harder for people to get uh, shops open. Here's kind of free, free market enterprise where you can just open up a shop if the landlord is okay with it. Um, but I do believe um, it's like a wave. A lot of people will get in and then a lot of people will realize how hard it is and or just what they, they lack in knowledge of this industry and then they'll get out. And that's just always been the, the wave of cannabis. Even in California, you know, a lot of people would buy farms, invest a lot of money, fail, and then get out and or lose. And yeah, that was just the cycle. So in regards to oversaturation, yeah, we're, there's an oversupply of product right now and shops. Um, in the following months, you know, after high season, we'll see more shops drop off and farms. Um, it'll be interesting to see if the government actually opens up some sort of exportation of the product because that's a little bit different um, like you know in California it was run it's still federally illegal but state you know you could grow and or sell with a license here it's kind of one big whole thing one country where it's like yeah it's, it's legal so I'm interested to see what happens with the exportation here but as, as in regards to right now yes it's, there's an oversupply and oversaturation. So compared to like, <clears throat> I mean, America's system is very different to Thailand. Thailand kind of went with some kind of weird Wild West model where they were just like, we're decriminalized. There's a few of these regulations. I mean, compared to America with the very, very strict regulations, how sustainable do you think it is actually over here, this business for, let's say, the common kind of person in the thing, in the situation, in the community? That's a great question. I believe that it's going to take some time and it's whether or not the government will really enforce these rules because I believe there are a lot of people that want to do the right thing and be licensed and not worry and be a part of a community but I also see a lot of people just going for it anyways and until they can stop kind of I mean the imports are one thing but just if there's a way to regulate how much people can grow and or so one question I kind of want to ask is, you know, as a legacy grower in such a unique environment where you were growing up and growing, um, kind of looking at the environment over here, the infrastructure, the ecosystem and stuff, what kind of strains do you think really thrive in Thailand's conditions the best? Like what genetics, what, you know? I think stuff suited for the climate, obviously. So Thailand has been known for more sativas and just any sort of sativa dominant hybrids I believe would do well here um, I feel like a lot of the same strains are on the market here and so there is much need for genetic variation and really we're having to go back to the building blocks of what make up a cannabis genetic in order to move forward because I, I believe there's so much of the same stuff on the market right now that we really need to start creating new stuff and using, you know, the better found Thai genetics here and we're mixing them with westernized stuff. But I definitely believe outdoors, the sativa dominant uh, strains will do well here. And it seems like most of the consumers in the foreign market here, like from other countries, they're really liking sativas. I guess it's, you know, it's their, 
their understanding is that sativa is more energy and things like that, whereas like indica puts you to sleep or things like that. But when really in reality, that's not always the case. So that's just my opinion on what strains will do well here. And yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, again, most of the foreigners they come to the spot and like Thai smile smells ridiculously sells ridiculously well. Like it's what like an F four now of a F three yeah. of a Thailand race with. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm going to have Pong on the podcast soon, so hopefully he'll tell us the secret Absolutely. sauce. He's, he's the man, and he's doing cannabis the right way, a grassroots effort, and really perfecting his craft. And that's that's kind of the, the people that I like to deal with as well and, and connect with. are people that are community-minded and also just the ones that really love this beautiful flower and connect with it so well that they produce this craft and it's like it's like craft beer or craft wine you know it's a craft cannabis and and the Thai smell that he's produced is exactly what that is 100% and I guess that kind of leads me on to my next question is like I very much think community is very very important and I mean it's been interesting like High Thailand and a few other people pointed out like the hilarity of me finally moving to Thailand and realizing there sadly is, is a lot of bad eggs over here and it's kind of a way of like we are having to weed our way through to find out the real people from the the shysters I guess you could say so I guess like what what's your thought on the whole community situation how do you think like everyone can thrive for a more genuine community that's a great question I've always seen community as people getting together and without judgment and or without holding you to again you know something against you you really can collaborate with people like that that's that's the kind of community that i was raised on you know coming from a small town when i was growing up in the cannabis industry we my parents had people over to buy product but also just come over for dinner and just to get together and we can connect and it was more than just a business transaction and not not saying that doing business is wrong but I believe a lot of the people here, and I'm, I'm not putting, I'm not saying everybody, but there are bad eggs everywhere. But a lot of people are maybe not for the community; they're just for the the money. Whereas, like, what I'm trying to do here is I'm trying to build and or be a part of a community that really thrives and supports one another. And especially with a lot of unknown things, you know, coming up, it was the, it was this way in California as well. Is that People got together, associations were formed, and just to try and navigate the different legislation that would come down the pipeline. And so it's, it's really important for good community to stick together and support one another. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it has to be passion over profit. I think once you get to the level of profit anyway, you fueled that by passion to a point that it just comes naturally. You know, there's too many people just diving in straight away. They saw this is like some kind of honey pot for money, and it's definitely not that way at all. <laughs> every every industry, every cannabis industry, or every location in which the cannabis industry has been in has been that way. Because it's crazy. If you have the infrastructure up front, you can pop really quick. You can you can make a lot of money, and I've seen people do it. But it's a lot of upfront costs in order to produce a lot. In a, in a fresh new market but once that once everybody gets in it starts becoming saturated 
and everybody and their mom grows. That's how it was in Mendocino County. When I was a kid, the prices were a lot higher, but as more and more people got in, you just, you'd be going down the freeway and you just look over people's fences and see weed growing. You'd smell it every harvest. Every October, you'd drive down the, the highway, you'd see people harvesting, you'd see the, you'd see everything in bloom. Uh, the smells were so pungent, but yeah, every cannabis industry has been like this, it seems. What I've seen, especially in the California, but everybody jumps in, becomes saturated, and then you know, people are trying to navigate everything. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I mean, it's a new market. People get excited, but at the end of the day, you know, you should kind of test the waters before jumping in. I mean, I've warned a few people that if you don't know what you're doing over here, you might as well be trying to sell snow to an Eskimo because yeah there's a lot of people who seriously do know what they're doing and there's also a lot of fucking money being put in from other places that i would say don't 100 percent know what they're doing and it's made a really kind of interesting situation and it's kind of cool to know that similarly everyone in california also did the whole i want to join in <laughs> absolutely the thing with cannabis and it, the hardest thing is that it's always been an anti-establishment of business it's never been traditional and so you could never have like a legitimate pro forma, meaning like you could never forecast what your projections of what your profits would be and things like that. I mean, a lot of, I mean, some professionals, like, like some of the really master gurus, yes, they can do that, but there can be, there's so many different variables that can mess up a good harvest. You could have bad clones. Your soil could be too hot. You could have bugs, you know, any sort of, variable that you can think of can mess up that end result and really it's especially in a new environment like this yeah you want to scale up appropriately because there's a lot of money going into this this industry here and i've seen a lot of people already lose their shirt or have farm for sale and or build build out all this infrastructure without having an end result on where to process it and I've seen that's a that's a classic one I've seen here a few times already that I wish people knew what they were doing because they wasted a lot of money, a lot of resources, and just to find out like they're not even growing anymore. So it's it's sad to see. A hundred percent. But again, this is kind of the fluidity of life. It happens with I guess a lot of businesses, and cannabis is just a very difficult one. Like you said, it's not a traditional business. I don't think it has been anywhere unless you count like the fucking silk road trade like thousands of years ago so i mean aside from kind of the doom and gloom warnings and stuff what's been some of your like favorite most memorable stuff over here regarding like since legalization i guess you could say i love seeing the local people get better and better at growing and just the excitement that these new people these new Thai people have for this industry you know I've been I was born into this industry so I've been I mean I've seen everything it's the it's not as exciting and shiny as you know I think it is whereas these new these new people here like that are just getting in they're all about it they're obsessed and it's it's super exciting to see because that also allows me to collaborate with them and or talk to them in a way that like they're stoked. It makes me stoked. Um, the other thing I really like is also just showing different genetics and talking to the people about genetics. And for me, 
genetics are, I think, everything. You know, I, that's what I really like doing. And just because when I first started, I remember my first strain and I could go back and remember every other kind of strain that I grew. And these were back in early 2000s, 20 years ago. And the, these strains aren't around. I mean, yes, they are, but they're, we're in a case where we have to preserve more them more and more. All of these new hype strains, like, yeah, there's some great ones, but we really have to start going back to the building blocks of what made these strains and really find something new and exciting. And, and that goes off of building and even crossing new hybrids with older, stable, stronger genetics to create something even better. But I think that's the one thing I can, I love doing and it's exciting is to talk with Thai people about these things and ask them if they've ever tried these and things like that. Yeah, it was really interesting to talking to your friend Kurt the other day, how he was saying that kind of the whole last year of weed in Thailand, the progress in a year felt like five years, it's like insane. in California. Yeah, yeah it's, it's exponentially grew. Yeah, I mean, like Pong, he is the best example. That guy, I, yeah, I love that guy. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's definitely a hero here, and I, I looked up, up to him as well. So as well as that, how do you feel about, I guess, the future of stuff? I mean, already there's a few players in the scene talking about newer regulations. Some people got new paperwork the other day. And it's kind of made a little bit of a rain cloud over some people's heads. But how do you feel regarding the future of all this? I think we need some sort of regulation because this Wild West approach where it's, it's all free market enterprise, there's no, it's not a level playing field. And so as, as Ant... As an anti-establishment business, it's like it needs a little <laughs> bit of establishment. That's the funny part is, you know, growing up, it was always like, no, no government, question authority, <laughs> things like that. And now it's like, now we have no authority really. It's just like, we need some sort of level playing field, especially for the people that are um, craft growers and uh, in the community, the smaller farms, like they, they're, they're the ones that, you know, we need to have a level playing field and so everybody can prosper. A hundred percent, man, because again, it's been weird seeing the level of different people in this game from like, they completely don't speak any other language but Thai and are growing like land races on their kind of old mango farm all the way to now like, someone told me about a 1,500 1, light indoor grow somewhere in Bangkok and I was just like, what the fuck? So the levels of on each end, like, without regulations, it's gonna kind of fuck a lot of stuff up with the, like, varied levels of people over here. Absolutely, and you know, the no matter what size you are, I mean, I mean, those big 1,500 lighters, that, that's just insane. I mean, you have to have a lot of people, a lot of power, a lot of resources to even pull off something that big successfully. I mean, you could have literally you know, mites break out or you know, fusarium molt, you know, uh, fusarium wilt, and you could mess up your whole crop, things like that. And I've always liked the approach that if you are able to sell out all your product and still have a demand, you're doing well because mm. I mean I I'd rather be sitting 
in a position where I've gotten rid of everything than sitting on stuff for years and years and having to like lower it and lower it and lower it. I believe that the craft approach has always been the right approach. It's like if you can produce enough to survive and thrive some and then be able to continue going forward, like that's the way to go. Being able to sell out everything. Because when you scale up so big, you're just also drowning out everybody else. You know, with It's like a race to the bottom where you're like, okay, well, I can produce so much that I can just get rid of it for so low. But really, if you're producing a craft product, you should be able to hold the value and, and be able to sustain and survive. I think for me, for like most things, especially weed, it's more important to look at quality than quantity because like you said, like I kind of hope that they've at least had experiences with different size grows because if they get one outbreak of something ha have fucking fun dealing with that like i hope you've got enough staff and backup money yeah and then just being able to like replace all the stuff that's infected clean it's it's a nightmare it's a and also like in this in thailand i mean there's not many reliable resources compared to california california has you can buy clones from anybody, depending on how clean they are. I don't know, but you can also go to a grow supply store and buy everything you need to clean things up and or prevent certain things and remediate certain problems you may have. You know, I believe also that the, the best way of growing is the preventative method where you're expecting something to happen, but you already got it covered because you've already done the processes that you need to do in order to prevent them a hundred percent so i guess with that said like what is some of the like generalized advice you would give to people in the industry especially growing in thailand well i mean it depends on if you're growing outdoor indoor um i believe that genetic diversity is going to be key not key but is, is going to be a a very important part and that's meaning you have to have something that nobody else is going to have because everybody has the same stuff. Everybody has ice cream cake. Everybody has Cherry Garcia, myself included. <laughs> we, you know, the first time we got clones here, that's what we were sold. But then you go to every shop and it's, you know, one clone dealer selling everything. And not say that's bad, but there needs to be some sort of genetic um, variation. But in regards to growing outside, understand the local environments, when to grow, what medium to grow in. I mean, basic stuff. Kind of go with the environment, but I, I'll say right now, like there's a lot of bugs here compared to California. I've never had to deal with so many bugs. And, and honestly, if you can grow in, good in Thailand, you can grow anywhere. <laughs> I'll say that because I've, I've seen every single bug here. You can even imagine, I've fought them all. And I've really had to go back to a lot of these basic principles and really understand and work with the environment to prevent them and to fight against them. But so yeah, the learning the environment, when to grow, and, and it all depends on if you're growing outdoor greenhouse or, or indoor. You know, you're going to have mites everywhere, so beyond that, and make your own uh, IPM if you can, 
because just the reliable resources are barely any, so they're far from none. So it's not like California where you can just go to the store and get anything you need. Yeah, there definitely needs to be some reliable grow stalls over here for kind of this stuff because I know a lot of people like, where do I go? I don't know what's going on. Know, and that's, that's the other thing is like, they have certain laws here with importing the right resources for that. And also, if you have an item that you maybe want to sell that's effective, you have to get it approved first by the, I guess, the FDA or some sort of agriculture agency my understanding but yeah i i think uh there's room for that as well and there's room for clone makers and things like that but consistency is key and i haven't seen much here thus far but i, I hope so soon I think it will get there. I mean, it's again, it's a young industry, but it's a very fast growing one. And, you know, I'm excited to just see the future of all this kind of expand now. So, I mean, you've pretty much given us a lot of good fucking knowledge, bro. And like, I've drained your time. Is there, any, is there anything else you want to mention to the people before we, before we head on out? Uh, I can't think of anything, but um, always be in the mindset of learning because you could be a so-called master grower but until you have done it all and you really never learn you're, you never stop learning basically and especially if you come to an environment like this if you're coming from california or from a different growing environment be open to learning and understanding the local way and especially with plants and the relationship with plants and the environment as humans and every sort of bit like that um yeah i mean it's been it's been humbling honestly to to grow in these conditions because it's it makes you a better grower all around california was like a walk in the park this is this is like the trenches you're <laughs> you're putting on armor you're 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 grabbing your spray your electronic sprayer on your back every day and spraying You've gone from Boy Scout to World War II vet in oh, how many, just a couple of months, bro. <laughs> Absolutely. No, but thank you, man. It's been an honor to kind of have your little viewpoint. And like, I've, again, I've had a few people interested in your kind of thoughts on some of these questions. Again, some of these questions are actually from them, which is kind of cool. Uh -huh. So, yeah. So thank you for kind of going through and spending time and answering them for Absolutely. me. Absolutely. I have a question for you. Do you have any other questions for me that are on a personal note? On a personal note? Sure. About cannabis. Ah, <sighs> oh, bro. That's hard because I talk to you all the time. I already know your thoughts. I need to just record this daily. What, what kind of strain do you want to see? Or what kind of um, genetic variation or genetics do you want to see? If you could see anything. I mean, if you really want me to go, I'm, I'm going to piss people off because I already have with my whole cookies bottleneck to, but like, I fully believe that the past six, seven years, I mean, especially, well, maybe even longer because of how genetics kind of get to me before, like, while well, you've had them for years already, the whole gelato, cookies, runs, fucking, now it's like permanent marker as well, RS11. It, to me, that is all just the same fucking terpene, but just condensed in different ways, and I'm kind of fucking tired of it. Like, I am, like, I used to love gelato, but 
now it's just like when I smoke that weed, it's just I'm drinking water. It's the same shit I'm used to from having to have. So I just want massive diversity. I want weird shit. Like I want the older stuff that I grew up on. Like I'm British. We grew up on the cheese, the blues, fucking Stardog. I mean, a lot of the, 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 the that was is a classic though. Like it's one of those that. It's one of those I think was not really well. It's hated on in the UK because of how common it is now. But I fucking love that, and I would love for some real. I want. There's too much sweet around, and there's not enough real gas. There's so many fucking strains with the name gas, but none of it is fucking gas. I have some gas. See, this is why I'm excited. So yeah, you've got some fucking gas coming, and that's what I want because, and again, all my British friends they want fucking gas. Like, don't hate on me, but the, the jet fuel gelato, guess what? It's not that fucking gassy. It's gelato. <laughs> so, like, then he's, my thing is, like, separate from these more streamlined genetics and just, like you said, dabble with the building blocks because they are what built up to here. Cookies is just, what, cherry pie and Durban poison or something like that? Yeah. And, like, now, people don't even fucking know that. They just think, oh, it's cookies. And, really, the, the original cookies that I saw was, like, insane. And I have never seen anything like it since. Because it's all been watered down and or says it's the legit one. But I saw cookies probably back in 2000, let's say, 7 or 8 and it was my brother did a, a greenhouse light up of it it was just the, the most beautiful thing i've ever seen because it's it, it's stuck in my mind when i think of cookies and it was actually a thin mint cookie and that was that cut that year was the best i've ever seen and that was just when it first came out in the hype it was gorgeous so yeah cookies and things like that you're kind of tired of the new traditional Stuff, or not the nutrition the new the new hype basically hype culture needs to die because it's creating false narratives it's making people think some i mean i understand why people like it i do but like would you want to eat the same goddamn meal every day mm. i wouldn't like i like variation and to me i mean it's not i've not done full research into it yet but there's some fucking interesting terpene statistics coming out for people who just smoke especially these gelato cookie strains that is possibly leading to more again i'm not a scientist as shit i read on the web because i'm a fucking nerd but apparently there's connections with lazy more laziness the typical stoner stereo bad stoner stereotypes mm. the terpenes coming off these new gelato crosses are enabling it a lot more and i think that's fucking interesting that it's kind of you know, to me, weed is how you get creative or, like, you can use it in a medicinal way to sleep, but when there's going to be a whole generation of kids just couch-locked all the time, where's, where, 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 where's the perks in that? Like, I want fucking party terps. Well, no, absolutely. And that's, that's another thing that needs to be addressed is, like, when you have this new generation that just wants to get fucked up, I mean, there's also you have to have a healthy relationship it's just like with alcohol it's like if you overdo it like you can it's like it loses its effect for one you know you get a higher tolerance but it's like your relationship with the whole thing changes and really you want to have this 
well, in my opinion, you want to have this healthy relationship with it to where it's like you can consume and enjoy and you don't need a high percentage THC thing to, to feel good. You can just enjoy and feel euphoric or whatever the feeling you may feel from a certain strain. But I've seen a lot of people abuse it and or go down the route. And I, I love the idea of concentrates and or um, you know, wax and dabs and things like that. But I've also seen the other bad side of it to where people are just only consuming dabs 24-7. And it's like they're almost like a junkie because that's all they do. But I, I think having a healthy relationship you can with, with cannabis, you can actually see a lot of benefits and health benefits from it mental things mental benefits so yeah it's all about how much you consume and things like that yeah everyone just needs to either educate themselves in some kind of way or just realize that you know i'd say every time you smoke is medicinal but you there are people that become too dependent you know Like with the dabs thing, I legit know people that have almost gone bankrupt because they're fucking addicted to dabs. Like, yeah, it's crazy that like people are spending a lot of this shit for a concentrate. I get it, but you've got to moderate yourself because otherwise, what is the difference between a meffed out zombie person in fucking Florida and Texas compared to you being passed out on your couch all day? It's, not to say that's that's wrong to do but just there's a time and a place for everything i feel like and i think it's just it's a it's a completely different relationship with the plant and different process that is way further down the line and i don't for some people it's what they need and others it's what they don't need yeah you've got to respect the plan and you've got to respect yourself you know because your boy likes to party but again you party too hard you're gonna get something <laughs> yeah you're gonna miss an appointment you're gonna lose responsibility hey stoner time is no joke i know people who've missed shit from days yeah, from that's, just that's, and that's when it gets too far when you're forgetting shit yeah absolutely. so yeah so aside from our last couple 10 minute rambling anything else you want to tell the people now think of anything if i think of something i'll come back on the podcast we'll, we'll have a part two travis travis might be a new a new uh what the fuck i don't know regular a new regular that's the fucking word i'm retarded and high see you know the weed's good because we smoked at the spot and now i'm high as fuck and i can't say shit so everyone needs to come and check out the spot this is where i pretty much hang out all the time this is where i'm recording this is where i smoke the best fucking weed and i smoke it with the best goddamn people and yeah yeah so i thankfully got to have one of the best people on the podcast today so thank you for coming on man and thank you yeah everyone follow links in the description and yeah uh see you all soon bye take care